This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's impossible to measure the exact amount of disinformation that's currently flooding the social media feeds of Latinx people in Florida, but experts describe it as an onslaught. Messages with false claims about Joe Biden are flooding Twitter, Facebook, WhatsApp, and even Spanish-language newspapers and radio stations. We've been monitoring them uh, quite closely over the last uh, couple of months. This is Eduardo Gamara, a professor of politics and international relations at Florida International University. Eduardo and his team have been tracking the flow of disinformation into Florida's Hispanic communities. They want to know how this information is spread and, in turn, how it might affect the vote. There's one clip in particular that Eduardo keeps thinking about. That's a clip from Actualidad Radio, a popular station in the Miami area. It's the third most popular Spanish-language station behind Univision and the top Spanish music station. Eduardo says the woman speaking is a regular on the Agustino Costa show, a Spanish-language talk radio program. Basically, she argues that the Black Lives Matter movement is uh, inspired by black magic, uh, where people are taking over houses, uh, burning houses, and uh, and harming people. And uh, with a specific warning saying, if you vote for Joe Biden, uh, this is exactly what's going to happen to you. And the recording sort of ends with the woman saying, uh, don't blame us. We warned you that this would happen if, if, uh, if Democrats were allowed to, to win. And of course, the implicit message is that uh, Black Lives Matter is dominated by the far-left Democrats and that Joe Biden, of course, is captured by the, by the radical left. This kind of targeted disinformation was also used in 2016 to manipulate voters and particularly to suppress turnout among black voters. Recent investigation has shown that a firm working for the Trump campaign four years ago categorized 3.5 million black voters as deterrence. The implicit goal was to persuade those voters not to vote. Similar tactics have been used by multiple groups ever since then. While voters nationwide are being bombarded, there's a reason why so many of these dishonest ads and social media posts are popping up in Florida. 
Eduardo says that even if this disinformation nudges opinion by just 1% or a fraction of a percent within one subgroup within the umbrella group of Latinx, it could affect which candidate walks away with the state's hugely important 29 electoral votes. Puerto Ricans, of course, seven out of every 10 are Democrats. But if you can convince one of every 10 Puerto Ricans, right, that there is this global Marxist conspiracy or Jewish conspiracy or what have you to change his vote, that changes the outcome of the election. Today on the show, the disinformation targeting Latinx voters in South Florida and how it could tip the presidential election. I'm Celeste Headley filling in for Lizzie O'Leary, and you're listening to What Next TBD, a show about technology, power, and how the future will be determined. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The vote in Florida is not just important this election. It's important every election. But when we talk about the Latino vote, what what exactly does that mean? In Florida, the Latino vote or the Hispanic vote is a very complex phenomenon because we have 1.3 million Cubans, of which probably 600 to 700,000 are voters. We have 1.3 million Puerto Ricans, of which probably a little bit more, 700,000 are voters. Mexicans, about 800,000 Mexicans, who are a very silent group here. A lot of them are undocumented. A lot of them are farm workers and so on. But increasingly, we're now beginning to see Mexican voters in this state. And then we have the Venezuelans, the more recent arrivals who've been coming over the last 20 years, right? And then over the last decade or so, as a result of the financial crisis in Puerto Rico and then the hurricanes, right, we've had this massive migration of Puerto Ricans into Florida. So if you try to understand how they behave politically, then you have to go into each of those groups and understand who they are. Some have come here fleeing right-wing military dictatorships. Some have come fleeing Marxist guerrillas. Some have come fleeing, you know, the, the, the tragedy of Venezuela. Most have come fleeing the tragedy in Cuba. I want to read you a comment that was made by Hector Sanchez, who's CEO of Mi Familia Vota. And he says this, quote, Widespread and systematic attempts to intimidate Latinos, to cast doubt on Latino voters, all of this is a feature of American politics that has been persistent and consistent really since there have been Latinos in American politics. Well, I think he's correct. Historically, the Republicans have been able to play other Latinos against Cubans. Okay, Cubans have a very high rate of voter participation. In fact, it's even higher than white Americans. They're very proud of the turnout among Cuban Americans because they vote predominantly Republican. But the strategy has always been to kind of suppress other voters. You know, we don't want 
too many Mexicans voting, and we certainly don't want too many Puerto Ricans voting, because they trend Democratic. I was interested in a message that came from a group supposedly called Cubanos por el Mundo that said the Cuban government is planning uh, to stage a caravan at the southern border and create an immigrant crisis. I was interested because this is such a reflection of some of the misinformation that occurred during the last election. Why do you think this particular message about the Cuban government sending a caravan of migrants would have any kind of play in Florida? Well, uh, in large measure, and I, th- I think, you know, you have to really understand the context that we're talking about here. The reality is that most of the Cuban population in Florida is a product of the Cuban revolution and its aftermath. Most of the Venezuelan population here is a product of the Chavez government and its aftermath. These are people that suffered in, you know, in first person, the, the process there. And so have this recurring fear that if the Democrats win, it's really a victory for the, uh, for the Cuban regime. It's a victory for, for Maduro and Venezuela. And that we're going to become like Cuba and like Venezuela. And where are we going to flee to next? That's really what's underlying all of this. Eduardo says many of the messages combine political themes with false religious claims aimed at influencing residents who might base their voting decisions on their faith. One of the other messages that circulates here is that uh, Joe Biden is not a real Catholic. You know, that Joe Biden favors late-term abortion up until the very time, until, until birth, when it's very clear that Joe Biden has in fact been anti-abortion for most of his career. And only now has he, he basically said that abortion uh, should be late term only if the mother's life is at stake. But when you talk to voters here, right, Catholic voters, they are convinced that Democrats are going to be chopping up babies even as they come out of the womb. And that's a message that's extraordinarily powerful. When we talk about misinformation online, we often talk about it in the context of the 2016 election. False stories spread across social media in support of Trump's campaign and the Republican Party. And that's partly what's happening now. Two Democrats in Congress have even called for an investigation into the source of the disinformation aimed at Latinx voters. But to limit our understanding of the issue in Florida to one side of the political spectrum, Eduardo says, would be a mistake. And it's not just uh, disinformation and misinformation that comes from the right. It also comes from the left. Uh, as I look, for example, at, uh, at some of the statements coming out of Venezuela or Bolivia about COVID, right? One of the greatest conspiracies that's, that's been spouted from that region is that it's President Trump who, who developed COVID and he did so to exterminate minorities in the United States and to eventually, of course, stop uh, immigrants from coming to the United States. And that, you know, has been all over the media in Latin America and even, you know, mentioned by former President Morales himself on several occasions. So it's been going back and forth. There have been dozens of ads placed in Facebook and messages on Twitter and WhatsApp that attempt to spread false information about Joe Biden. But people are especially surprised to see this material appear in two more mainstream, credible outlets, with a full-page ad in the Nuevo Herald, the sister publication of the Miami Herald, and a half hour of paid programming on a popular Florida radio station. I asked Eduardo how the gatekeepers at these organizations allowed this false content 
to reach their audience. The insert in the Miami Herald, it ran for nine months, Celeste. It wasn't yeah. a one-time thing. It was a nine-month thing, and it was something that was repeated. And it was really only when, you know, somebody outside of the community found it objectionable. The same thing with the Caracol radio 17-minute segment that ran Right, that you know, it was there was outrage, but there was largely outrage by the Jewish community, and we have a very large Hispanic Jewish community. Yet somebody thought that it was okay to be anti-Semitic for 17 minutes on Caracol Radio. Both of those organizations have taken matters into their own hands, and and they have demoted or fired some of the the people responsible. The insert, of course, was suspended, but I think the damage has been done especially when you look at it in terms of, you know, the, the amount of support that those views appear to have. I wonder whether at least some of the messages you're seeing in Florida might be coming from Russia or outside agents. I mean, the FBI director, Christopher Wray, told the House that Russia is using social media to interfere and to denigrate Joe Biden. We know that um, the Internet Research Agency, which is backed by the Russian government, is using a whole host of fake accounts, specifically on Facebook and Twitter. We know that because Facebook and Twitter told us. Do, do you suspect that some of these campaigns uh, that are ending up in Florida are also coming from outside our borders? Oh, I have, I have no doubt. Uh, I mean, that's, that's been the pattern of campaigns, not only in the United States, but elsewhere. I normally uh, am involved in, in campaigns overseas, and, and this is the new reality. For example, let me, let me give you a, a case in point. There are also conspiracy theories that abound in Latin American politics about Latin American domestic issues. But because we have diaspora communities now, those conspiracy theories that are developed, let us say, in Colombia, are now being repeated in the United States and they're being tied together. So, for example, Black Lives Matter has been exported to Colombia and, and so now you have, you know, the FARC, the radical left in Colombia is really involved in the Black Lives Matter movement here. Now, Who's making that up? Is that, you know, the, the right wing in Colombia uh, coupled with, with uh, you know, with sectors of the right here in, 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 uh, in Miami? Yes. Is there, is there likely, you know, some assistance from other uh, actors who are really good at, at, uh, at, uh, at developing these kinds of messages? Probably. And it's been very, very much in, the, in Colombian circles here. So how might this affect the vote, especially among Latinos in Florida, because, you know, the turnout among the Latino community is not usually all that high. Do you think that these uh, these false messages and the widespread nature of them could actually depress the vote further? I don't know if it's going to depress the vote because most of what we're seeing seems to suggest that there will be a large Latino turnout in Florida, at least, right? But uh, in large measure, the mobilization of the Latino vote, especially here in Miami-Dade County, 
has been because of this overwhelming message about communism having taken over the, the Democratic Party and, and you know dominating this uh, this presidential candidate. So so uh, what we're already seeing in some of the polling, some of the polling that we're doing, in fact, is that there's already been a shift. Historically, the Democratic Party has won Miami-Dade County, and historically, other than the Cuban vote, other Latinos tended to be Democrats. Colombians were heavily Democrat, and other South Americans were heavily Democrat. Only Nicaraguans and Cubans were the the two communities that voted heavily uh, Republican. Today, we're seeing shifts from 5 to 10% in some of these other communities, among Colombians, for example, although Venezuelans are much smaller among Venezuelans. But we're also seeing some of those small shifts which can make the difference in a state like Florida where one and a half to two percent will determine the outcome. That's the objective of this messaging, and it has been effective. Eduardo, thank you so much. You're very welcome, Celeste. Eduardo Gamara is a professor of politics and international relations at Florida International University. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. TBD is produced by Ethan Brooks and edited by Allison Benedict and Tori Bosch. TBD is part of the larger What Next family. TBD is also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. I'm Celeste Headley. Have a great weekend. Mary Harris will be back in your feed on Monday.